I want to talk more about Patrick Brown, who's making all kinds of headlines on this Monday afternoon. He has confirmed that he will now run for re-election as the mayor of Brampton. And this, of course, after he was removed from the conservative leadership race, the party removing Brown after investigating allegations against his campaign for violations or violating financial provisions of the Elections Act. Patrick Brown has denied those allegations. He is appealing the party's decision. And have a listen. Here's Patrick Brown earlier with our Alan Carter, who asked about the lawsuit that Brown has launched. I still want um, the legal process to unfold to show uh, that this was um, a manufactured nonsense that uh, damaged uh, the integrity of a free and fair election. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's very clear that the party establishment uh, is taking um, an approach. They want Pierre Polyev to be the anointed one. They want to follow a much more right wing approach to conservatism. And um, you know, if that's the direction they want to go, that's the direction they can go. And I'm going to focus uh, on uh, doing the best I can for the city of Brampton. OK, so the story is developing on a couple of levels, both uh, nationally, of course, with the federal conservative leadership race continuing and now locally on the municipal level. And uh, what effect, if any, uh, Brown's uh, vying for the conservative leadership uh, might have on his now re-election campaign to be the uh, mayor once again of Brampton? Joining us now to discuss uh, both of those issues is Laurie Turnbull, who studies political science at Dalhousie University. Laurie, always nice to speak with you and good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here, as always. Uh, first off, uh, what does, do you think, Patrick Brown's removal, the circumstances surrounding it, uh, this uh, lawsuit that's now in effect, what does this all mean, do we think? Uh, do we even know for the conservative leadership race moving forward? Well, I think since he had been not, I mean, obviously not a front runner, but he was a strong candidate. He was somebody who has, you know, signed up a lot of people. And he was doing so in a way that was a bit more quiet than Pierre Polyev. And so just how successful he was, I think, is still a bit of an open question. But we know that, you know, based on his own reports, based on, you know, a lot of what people have been talking about who are very close to the Conservative Party, like he he was a force to be reckoned with. So the fact that he's off the ballot will probably or not not off, but he, he's not going to be a contender. He will not be able to have the same effect, for example, in terms of um, perhaps delivering a, a result for Jean Charest. So if Brown was unsuccessful and was dropped off the ballot at some point, you know, on the third ballot, fourth ballot, those who put him first may have been inclined to put Charest second. That would have been a kind of help to Charest's ballot. That will be, that, that's kind of an open question now. I think if a lot of the people who didn't who, who were going to vote for Brown decide not to show up at all, it'll make it much easier for Polyev to win on the first ballot. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point because Patrick Brown is out of the race. He has been uh, removed after this investigation by the party over these allegations against violating campaign financing laws. But he does, Laurie, remain on the ballot? Well, that's what it sounds like, right? Because these things went to print before this all happened. And so people w- might get a ballot. Some will get a ballot with... Patrick Brown's name on it. And so there's some kind of plan. I think if you, if people have put Patrick Brown first, obviously he's not an eligible candidate. And so those ballots will be counted towards the person's second and subsequent preferences. 
Okay. How does this change, do you think, the overall uh, race in, for the Conservative Party uh, moving forward? Because, I mean, certainly Brown not being part of the race just automatically changes the complexity, obviously. But also, and you just heard uh, the clip of that interview with uh, Alan Carter we ran, he really is uh, now starting to paint the uh, Conservative Party as uh, one that wanted to anoint uh, Polyev and be very far right rather than uh, centrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some scorched earth happening here. I think, in, I mean, for lots of reasons, uh, some of them personal and some of them because he wants to mount a successful uh, campaign to be mayor of Brampton again. He is trying to paint the party as the bad guy here. Like, the party pushed me out because they have another agenda, and they were always going to do that, and, you know, I've done nothing wrong. And so if people buy that, then the party looks disorganized, it looks malicious, it looks like it's already you know, doubling down on a much more right-wing approach than the traditional conservative party is used to. And I mean, whether or not people believe any of that, right, whether people believe that Ian Brody and Rob Batherson and the people who are running the conservative party and running the leadership race, you know, from that perspective, if they think that they're in bed with Pierre Polyev and this is all a foregone conclusion, whether you think that or not, you know, if Brown has any traction in terms of turning this back on the party, then the party itself looks like it's somewhat in disarray and it can't manage its own affairs and it can't run a leadership. Right. And so then that makes the whole thing look like you're really asking voters to support an enterprise that doesn't look like it's being run all that well from the inside. On the other hand, if you think that Brown's campaign against the party is BS and you think, yep, you know, he broke the rules or he allegedly broke the rules and he's been thrown out, thrown out for a reason, then the party's able to save face a bit. But overall it looks as though with the candidates that are left, there are fewer centrists, right? There are fewer people talking about more moderate conservative values. There are more people talking about um, concepts like freedom, um, you know, and being willing to pull more to the right in order to be able to gather support. And so Brown will continue that campaign as part of his campaign to be mayor. Just finally, before we leave the federal conservative leadership race, despite the fact uh, Patrick Brown has been disqualified, uh, Lori, come September 10th and the conservative party uh, votes for a, a new leader, uh, fair to say, again, despite the fact of his disqualification, uh, Patrick Brown, uh, do you think his shadow is going to loom, if you will, here over this uh, leadership race that uh, even though he uh, cannot be now elected uh, leader, that uh, he will still have some sort of effect, some say on this leadership race on September 10th? To be perfectly honest, I don't. I think that the party is going to try to turn the page on this as quickly as possible. And even, you know, at the, at the initial part of it, when the, when the campaign of Patrick Brown was, was closed by the party and the party said, you're not on this ballot anymore, initially we heard some response from Jean Charest saying, look, we want a full, transparent, you know, let's get it out there, tell us what you know. But, I mean, the, the candidates aren't going to keep going on this, right? They're, they've got their own cam- campaigns to run. That's their, their focus. And so the candidates are not going to want to spend their time talking about Patrick Brown. And Patrick Brown's got his own thing to deal with now. And so, I mean, to the extent that there could be a legal back and forth between Patrick Brown and the party, that could be, in, that, that could be the kind of shadow that's cast over it. But at the same time, I think the conversation will shift more just toward who is going to win this thing, whether it's. It, whether there's a shot in at all, there's going to be anybody other than Karapolyev, and then what happens to the party after that. Joined by Laurie Turnbull from Dalhousie University. Let's uh, shift our conversation, Laurie, to, yes, uh, Patrick Brown's uh, new uh, cause, if you will, which is uh, getting reelected as uh, mayor of Brampton. He made that official uh, earlier today. And after trying for the federal conservative uh, leadership, uh, how do you think that might or maybe might not uh, affect uh, Brown's uh, reelection bid here? 
I have been wondering all day, and this is one of those counterfactual, you can never actually do this, but if he had history to do over again, would he still run for the federal conservatives? Like, isn't this just a mess that now, in addition to every other thing he might have had to answer questions about, now he's got this mess where he tried to be leader of the federal conservatives and was, you know, unceremoniously tossed out of the thing on a matter, you know, allegedly a legal matter and allegedly a matter of integrity. And so that's one more thing that he now has to deal with at, on the campaign trail to be mayor. And once these allegations from the federal side took hold, then you saw this press conference with some counselors from Brampton saying, you know, we, we've got questions about how he does business here, too. And so it's going to be harder for him, I think, to deflect that. He's trying to run on his record. He's trying to say, here are all the things I've done for Brampton, and this is why I should be, I continue to be mayor. He's also trying to say that he's a connected mayor. He can get things for Brampton. So he's talking about getting the university, and it was an item in the Ford budget and that sort of thing. But you've got to wonder what this is going to do to Brown's relationships with conservatives writ large and whether anybody's going to want to be anywhere near the guy just because of the, the cloud that seems to follow him. And so I think this is going to be really challenging for him, and it's also going to be potentially quite a crowded race, you know, possibility of Ruby Sahota jumping in. And so really, you know, something that might have been more of a, of a straightforward thing for him a year ago, it now looks extremely complex. Yeah. Will he have, do you think, a tough time convincing Brampton voters? I know in his press conference earlier today, he, as you would expect, spoke very glowingly uh, of the city that he uh, once now once uh, again wants to run. Uh, but is he going to have a tough time convincing voters, do we think, uh, Laurie, that uh, they aren't second choice after he was going after the federal conservative leadership? And your point about this being a crowded field, could a uh, rival really maybe capitalize on that? Sure. I mean, like at this point, he's saying now that he's going to throw his hat in the ring for that. I think he's got, you know, he's got some time to try to convince the people of Brampton that this is not a second choice for him. He's trying to spin it around. Look, you know, I was never going to, it sounded to me anyway, by listening to his press conference this morning, it was, it's almost like he's saying, look, I was never going to win the federal conservative race anyway. I just wanted to be a voice. I wanted to just talk about the values that matter to me. And I think that Pierre Polyev is a bad idea. And so if voters are going to buy that pivot and you know, that's, that's totally up to them, but it does, it, it was always going to be a tough thing for him to do, I think. Like he was essentially kind of in two contests at once, not legally so, because he was kicked out of one before he officially joined the other, but it was still always going to be a bit of a rough space for him to play. So that's really up to voters, whether they whether they care. You know, like how much does it matter to them that he might have tried to be federal leader before, you know, if, if that didn't work out, here we are. I don't know. And whether or not people's um you know like whether his people's review of his record is ultimately going to be what matters to them. That's, you know, he's the one who's running as the incumbent. That's a strong position to be in, period. But it may not prove to be enough for him to give it everything else. All right. Well, it'll be very interesting to watch uh, moving forward. Lori, always appreciate your time and your analysis. Uh, thank you so much for this. Appreciate it. Thank you, too. Take care. You, too. Lori Turnbull is a political analyst and professor of political science at Dalhousie University. And we're back after this break. Here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Stay with us.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.